Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go to the 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurks that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stoning. Joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 121, season 6, episode 18, entitled Murphy Brown Lied to Us, originally airing April 19th, 2012. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. This week on 30 Rock, as Jack is getting ready to launch the Couchtown Initiative Live, he begins to ruminate on why there isn't a white history month to celebrate all the wonderful accomplishments that white men have achieved over the years, including this wonderful furniture line he's about to launch. Unfortunately, when he finds out that the prototype exceeds the building standards of the rest of the American-made couches, he scrambles to figure out how to launch them. Meanwhile, after finding a box of Liz's old adoption materials, Chris tries to find out more about her willingness to have a bait to have a child. After Jack fakes Liz out by sending her on a date with a colleague, but ultimately trying to get her to meet his daughter, she and Chris make a life-changing decision. Finally, inspired by the breakdowns of the starlets of the day, Jenna decides to launch her own celebrity breakdown in a bid to get Paul back. Very truncated uh, Jenna story. <laughs> Everything else is Well, we actually there. have plenty to discuss Sorry. on that, but we can get into yeah. it. We can uh, get there. At the relevant scenes, I guess. Yeah. No, this is, um, this is another one of those three records because I think... Uh, is more memorable uh has sort of um a bit of a standout i think of this season uh but it also is one that is bringing back a storyline that is i mean we'd forgotten about it for a couple well, of seasons to be fair it has been a while since we've gotten the liz Maybe, adoption or yeah. child related so, storylines uh, but yeah it's nice to get that storyline <clears throat> moving again uh Obviously, that's setting up, since we've only got a handful of episodes left for this season, that's going to be setting up something, probably her, <clears throat> more than likely her story arc for the rest of the season. Um, but this is also the first time since, I think, the Valentine's Day episode we've seen their apartment and seen them living together. No, I'm wrong. St. Patrick's Day was mm-hmm. the last time, but even so, that's been a little while. And even though we didn't see too much of the apartment. But anyway. You know who we don't see? Danny. Anyway. God. (laughs) Poor Danny. I think Paul's officially been in more episodes now than Danny has. It's entirely possible. I haven't counted, but I would believe it if that were true. And even in this, he's only in one scene, but uh, uh, Will Forte, that is. But yeah, this is, um, I think it's one of those topical episodes, especially with Jenna's storyline. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We'll definitely get into it later, but it's like, in a way, it's dated and it's not because it refers to specific instances, but there are specific instances that have actually come back into cultural examination in recent times. So... Mm. Especially at the Britney Spears yeah. Yeah, well, angle. But, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, kind of the Lindsay too, but we'll, Lindsay Lohan too, but we'll get to that. But yeah. um, I, I do think it was a good episode. It's funny you said it was one of the more memorable ones. Like, for some reason, I just didn't remember anything about the oh. whole Couch Town oh. initiative, plot line, whatever, at all. I mean, I didn't remember any of this episode at all whatsoever. Yeah. But especially, like, especially since the Couch Town has spanned multiple episodes now, like, I don't remember anything about that. Yeah. No, that that is definitely the more forgettable forgettable part. But I think the big standout that I sort of still see populate uh, online is the the, the cold open with them doing like a fake gay porn. Oh, like I, I see that sort of gift about every now and again. Um, but yeah, and then the play date that she has with Catherine is a lot of fun. Um, 
I mean, that kid's super sharp. Her name's Cat, right? Oh, Cat. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Catherine. I was like, who's Cat? Sorry, Scout. Uh, uh, no, I think, like, because that kid's super sharp for her age. And I think, like, looking at her filmography, this is, like, her first or second, like, acting job. And, like, she was yeah. killing it. I actually have quite, well, not quite a bit, but we when, when her scenes come up, we can talk about it because I've actually seen quite a few shows that she's been in since then. And they have one really interesting... Coincidence or thing in common about them, so we'll Look get to that. that. It actually ties into the first scene of this episode, not the porn part. Oh, but... the gay stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh man, I was hoping it was porn. Uh, <laughs> yikes! Maybe not. I don't actually, think so. No, no, no. That's why we have the edit button. We can take all that out. But no, I do. Uh, I do sort of agree with you. I do think like the Couch Town stuff has been sort of on the forefront for the last few episodes but I think this is kind of it for it I think this is the end of that story um, and it's kind of like a ho-hum kind of way to to send it off but I don't know it's fine but Bobby Moynihan is, is always good so yay any other thoughts on Murphy Brown lied to us before we hop in so the cold open is going to help set up Liz's and Chris's storyline clean up clean up do your own housework, you little crackers. What? My kindergarten teacher was a former Black Panther. Oh. Hey, I'm going to fix that loose baseboard upstairs. Wow, look at you. All sweaty with your tool belts and your 90s haircut. You look like you're in a gay porno. Oh, yeah? You're one to talk, buddy. I'm Brent. I'm the new guy on the crew. I'm Rod. I'm the boss. And what I say goes. I've never been with a man before. Looks like I'm the boss now, Rod. Oh, what are you doing? I don't know. Whatever. Let's wrestle. It doesn't matter. Liz, what is adoption stuff? Are you adopting a kid? No, don't worry. That's from a long time ago. It's not happening. You have a baby name book and you circled Adolf? Actually, I borrowed that book from my mother, so be glad I'm not a boy. Okay, well, why'd you give up on it? I have to work late tonight. What am I gonna do with Joshua? I thought I could do this by myself. You know what? Murphy Brown lied to us. She had Elvin. Can you hold me? You closed the door on The her? point, Chris, is I didn't want to be that woman. I didn't want to do it alone. I mean, let's face it. Murphy Brown had the whole FYI gang in her corner. Jim Dial, Frank Fontana, Corky, even Miles in his own way. Yeah, but you're not alone now. And if a kid is something that you still want and you're in your 40s then we should we should have a we should have serious conversation right now oh my god relax <laughs> this is my life and i love it i've got my job and i've got you and i keep getting my neighbors allure magazine if there's anything that needs fixing in my life it's a certain loose baseboard okay well i'm gonna fix it and do not send brent up there i won't Dude, I'm back from the hardware store. That horrible accent. Brooklyn, maybe? Oh. It almost like leans into a little bit of Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it was Germanish because what Bruno? I mean, Brent. Or, I'm sorry, Bruno. Well, yeah, never mind. That's not Germanish, but I mean, she was about to be named Adolf or name her baby Adolf if she was. No, whether she was telling she the truth or not. Yeah, that's true. She could be lying about that. <laughs> and well, we know we know that she loves her German culture, so yeah. I mean, that is, like, literally a name that is done for. Like, 
it's not going to be a popular name by any stretch of the imagination. Like it's it's kind of just you didn't go to school with a bunch of little Adolfs. Well, not a name, but of personality, sure. Oh dear. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird to me that this is one of those episodes where it has like a very specific title to it. That Murphy Brown, and it even is like there's the titular line in the quote of Murphy Brown lied to us, but like that's it. Like it's not an overarching point that anyone's trying to make in this episode like that's the points made right there and then that and then it's left like it's dropped for the rest of the episode but it seems like if you're going to name your title murphy brown lied to us i don't know i feel like it could have been like an overarching storyline for the whole episode rather than just like a quick cutaway gag and that's it yeah this isn't the first time it seems like some episodes do have times like that where it's like some random quote or reference from one part of the episode that really doesn't apply to all of it so maybe they just couldn't think of a title that Maybe they just couldn't think of a title that encompassed it all, so they just really like that line. Yeah, I mean, it is a, it is a funny line. Yeah. Um, but I feel like even at this time, 2012, Murphy Brown was, I mean, a very almost like vague reference because I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I think it, I think there like sitcoms in history that were like big enough that. I don't know, like even if you name check them, they're you know what I mean. They're famous because I mean I've never seen an episode of Murphy Brown, but I but like basically know the I mean very the very basic like premise of it and some yeah. of the actors. But I yeah, but I, I mean I don't know what that anything about other than really basic yeah, stuff. I, mean, I, <clears throat> I mean I guess yeah, it has it, and I'm not putting it down. I think the show is super good, but it's also like a relic of its time because it was a very uh, poignant. Uh, of the time show like set in the late 80s early 90s or early to mid 90s by the time it's run it ended um well and then there was the reboot which yeah that was that was one of those weird one season it's like i mean i mean i i know it didn't do well at all in the ratings but it's like but it's like as a network when you take the effort to like do that sort of high level or high profile reboot because i mean you're assembling a cast like I'm sure it wasn't cheap and it's just for, like right. to fizzle out in one season like that it's just kind of like oof yeah and you're you're hoping that the legacy sustains it and that's a, that's the reason yeah. people come back and I mean, you think, kind of tarnish it a little bit by having I think ultimately people forget it, especially because it was only one season I mean I, right. you can easily stream the original that was almost <laughs> a sentence yeah <laughs> you know um <laughs> so, me... is it streaming is, I guess it's on Paramount now because for a while it was it was not a very easy to find show like you had to sort of uh, sell the high seas kind of to find it I feel like it's a CBS show so it should be on Paramount plus I imagine oh maybe yeah. uh, Paramount plus I guess it was on Paramount plus I don't know Watch Clubs is on CBS All Access it's called Paramount plus well, if they this tells you about the description, I say if this tells you about how much uh, that they care about Murphy Brown, yes, on the Paramount Plus website it says Murphy Brown watchful episodes on CBS All Access. Mm. So they haven't. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of the branding on the page all talks about Paramount Plus. So um, just, that's just a small little that, thing. It's a little bit. It must be down the pecking order. Well, of, the uh, important thing is googling it got you to Paramount Plus. It didn't send you to CBS All Access. So they've got some of their SEO working for them. I think Murphy Brown's a totally fine show. I think it's it is tarnished by that reboot season, but at the same time, like you still got ten other seasons before it that sort of shine through and 
uh, I mean, it was definitely ahead of its time of being like sort of meta and uh, taking on sort of real life events and, and folding it into the show. I think one of the more, uh, I guess, trivia based, like sort of one of the more common knowledge items about it is because obviously as this episode is portraying, Murphy Brown was a single mother and there is a famous quote by Dan Quayle who sort of condemned the fictional character for being a single mother saying that it's against the American way and blah, blah, blah. And so they wrote that into this, the show of like an ongoing uh, rivalry and just Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> I mean, shooting fish in a barrel, honestly, but I mean, they made it a storyline throughout the, the one That's season to, to sort of showcase that it shouldn't be a problem, it shouldn't be an issue, that it should be like, she should be able to absolutely have it without having to be a father, or without having to have a father or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the reboot was political, too, because I remember... Oh, yeah. I I think part of their marketing plan was hoping that they would piss off Trump and he would see it and tweet about it, Mm -hmm. because there was that period where it was, like, everything he would tweet about that was, like, saying, don't watch this or this is terrible, like, all of a sudden, like, it would sell out or, like, you know, or or whatever, so... That counterculture, I guess it would be counter-counterculture idea, like, you say don't do it, like, you tell a kid not to do something, the kid does it, which... I mean, Trump yeah. is a child, so it makes yeah. sense. But anyway, I remember he came out a press tour that basically it seemed like they were hoping that he, they were going to be actively like political. I mean, it sounds like that's in, I mean, in, in step with the original, but yeah. try to get a rise out of him to get him to generate publicity for it, which yeah. obviously didn't happen. Did not work for them, but anyway. Huh. No, I think Murphy Brown's totally fine. It's again just weird that this episode's titled the what it is, and we are already moving on from that reference. But anyway. Uh, Murphy Brown lied to us, so we're not going to pay her any more attention. Moving along. <laughs> uh, can't, well, Candace Bergman's fine. She Bergen? Bergman? Bergen? Bergen. Bergen. Yeah, I got it. I'm good. Anyway, after the cold open, um, we jump back to... Is this an interstitial slash ad would be what you call this, right? An ad? An ad? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we come back uh, from the opening to an ad for Cable Town Couch Town Couches. This country's taken some hits lately. But when we get hit and are down, we don't stay down. We get up and we hit back with our fists or our nunchucks. And then when we're done hitting and we're tired, because nunchucking can wear a guy out, we sit down on a couch, an American couch, a couch town couch. Damn. Lemon. Do you know you are sitting on 5,000 new jobs? And not jobs that came from some government bailout. They came from a rich white guy. We have been creating and solving this country's problems for 200 years. Where's our history month? It is a nice couch. Good lumbar support. Absorbent fabric for nap drool. That's just the prototype. As we speak, our fellow countrymen are rolling the new Cable Town couches off the assembly line, earning an honest day's pay so they can go to the store and buy milk for their families, which costs, I don't know, $90 a gallon. I'm meeting with the vendors tomorrow. Ray Moore and his conjoined twin, Flanagan Ashley, of Ashley Furniture will be there, and he is a genitally androgynous pinhead. It's a colorful industry with a lot of fun characters. Well, good luck fixing America. I hope success isn't 
far, far away. What about Star Wars do you want to say, Lemon? Let's just get to it. I did some spring cleaning this morning, and I found this baby Princess Leia costume I bought years ago, and I thought it might fit Liddy. Oh, thank you, Lemon, but it might be a bit small by Halloween. Halloween? A girl can wear this anywhere. School, church, alone on the playground, a child therapist's office. Also, I thought you might want this Nixon biography that my dad gave me for my birthday. It had just come out, so as a joke, my dad signed it as Nixon. Yes, a joke. Nixon's been dead almost 20 years, not in cryogenic hibernation, resting up for 2016. I'm getting rid of all my junk so Chris can redo the upstairs. Well, wow, you two are really nesting. Yeah, all that's missing is the joint answering machine message. I'm thinking Sonny and Cher. Lemon, I know how this will be received, but before it's too late, let me set you up with someone. Oh, my God. Come on, Jack. My colleague is newly single. His name is Kevin. I'm going to stop you at Kevin. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? Kevin Garnett helped me move once. I'm good, thanks. Kevin Costner cooked me dinner after a bad breakup. Kevin Sorbo introduced me to his podiatrist. They didn't make it to Kevin Spacey. I that was, know that was next on the list, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, man. Join answering machines even in 2012 that feels like an archaic idea like yeah i mean everyone just had voicemails yeah so i feel like by 2012 most people had cell phones yeah and just having a home phone seems so old now so yeah. old-fashioned i mean it's very like you know i, I think it uh, i mean i guess it was probably more common then but i mean i think even my parents may have dropped their landline by 2012 it was it wasn't that long after that yeah not that there's anything wrong with them. Oh, I, no. just, I just don't think there's personally a need for anyone yeah. if you've got a cell phone oh, why would you need a link unless you just really want to keep your number yeah. super private well I mean so yeah and older people who don't have um, no no yeah I mean I'm, I guess I'm saying like for our generation and below it oh, doesn't yeah. seem like landlines were really viable as a thing anymore. I, I do remember the, one of the more hipster things I've ever seen was uh it was a dock that you it was a it, it looked like a landline so it had like a little coil cord and like the handset but it had a dock where you put your phone in to make it look like a phone like a landline it was very weird like that's super i don't know why would anyone want this but someone did someone, i'm sure someone somewhere bought it and now it's probably gathering dust somewhere because it probably doesn't work with new phones so Oh wow, short-sighted, I, I guess. Anyway, I wonder if one of the writers has like a, a vendetta or something against the furniture industry because like Jack has a line about colorful characters, but like talks about like conjoined. Like he, they're not described mm -hmm. in a very flattering manner, and as we see later, they're not presented in a flattering manner. So it's like I don't know anything yeah. about executives in the furniture industry, but um, yeah, I don't know. Right? It seems like someone. I mean, but it seems like very. They're trying to make a very pointed effort to like show them as just like weird like almost circusy people yeah like, a, yeah like a weird off off color uh group of designers like you have like fashion designers and then you have like the factory couches and they're like yeah punchlines on there but did you know who was doing the ad for couch town couches tell me stacy keach i think i kept them i i kept referencing him very early on when we were doing this because I kept mixing his name up with someone else and I'm, I'm blanking on who that was but anyway yeah. I knew he was in 30 Rock episodes so I wasn't far off I was well I was far off but 
Anyway, so but those are parroting those like Clint Eastwood Cadillac? What what was he what was he selling? Uh, I can't something? remember like, exactly. But I feel like yeah. he was selling like autom- just like the automotive industry or some shit like that. Like a very like it was the still the same motto of America, we gotta get America back to work and I'm ninety years old. <laughs> yeah, like, let's let's talk about that more after the second commercial. Okay. Because there's definitely something I want to talk about there, but I think it makes sense to talk about it then just to contrast it with the first one and it just yeah, just a little bit more on Because it gets there, more but. aggressive. Yeah, no, exactly. That's the kind of the kind of the way it does that. Like I just, it's does it in like a really funny way. I think it's actually like one of the more like clever bits of social commentary in the episode, but it really comes to a head, I think, in the second one. So uh, uh, um, that's a second tease. What was your first tease again? I don't remember. The the, the actress oh, who plays Cat. BB Watson? BB BB something. BB Gunn. No. That was a character in Sideways Stories at Wayside School. Um, did I have something else I wanted to say about this scene? Hmm. I feel like I did, and now I can't remember. Um, what happened at the end of the scene? Before the Kevin blah 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 part? Kevin and the baby outfit, Star Wars, Princess Leia outfit. No? No. Uh, I can't remember now. Just move on. Uh, uh. Meanwhile, on the TGS stage, Tracy's the only one there ready to work. Where's Jenna? This is an outrage. I didn't get to work an hour late just to be the first one here. I'm sorry, Trey. I don't know where Jenna is. I'm sorry I'm late. I was busy burning down a Panda Express that I had fallen in love with. Oh my God, Jenna, are you okay? I'm fine, Liz. I'm just having a celebrity breakdown. It's the new sex tape. Something I wish I'd known before I released my sex tape with the Six Flags guy. So this is just for attention? Exactly. Anyone who's anyone has had a breakdown. Demi, Demi, Heather, Lindsay, Brittany, Momar. So sad. A life cut short. He gave the best diamonds. Okay, good. I thought maybe you were really losing it because, you know, Paul's with someone else. Oh, no. This is for Paul. You see, when you have a breakdown, all your old lovers come out of the woodwork. Justin and K-Fed, Bruce and Ashton, Samantha Ronson and Herbie the love bug. This is how I get Paul back. Wow, that is idiotic. But as long as it doesn't affect work... What's that, Celestia? All right, I'll do it. It's funny that the Smith and Ross and Herbie Lovebug, like, because they say Lindsay, they don't say Lindsay Lohan. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. if there's a reason why they couldn't say her whole name. Because, uh, well, and there, there, there's another very strong Lindsay Lohan reference in the the inter- mm-hmm. Today Show interview, which we can talk about more there. But it just, I just found it funny. I was like, is it, were they afraid of, like, if they said her full name, like, that they would be Oh, there'd be some legality issues. Yeah. Well, they didn't technically say anybody's last name, but it's implied. Yeah. But it, it especially seems out there, though, because, like, she starts saying the, the celebrity name, and she says Samantha Ronson and Herbie Lovebug, which, Oh, right, you yeah. Know. Um, but, I mean, I, that, that's the part of this that's just sort of, like, like, when you say, you said that it it's sort of been brought back to the forefront, but at the same time, it's still, like, even in 2012, a lot of those, like, stories were... I think Lindsay was one of the last of those of that period to have like her breakdown like super public breakdown because i mean the britney stuff was a few years before this yeah paris hilton was around that same time but like you know Lindsay was like the last one to really have that really big celebrity public breakdown thing but yeah, yeah. i don't know i feel like it's all it's it's not 
topical now. Uh, but I guess it got a ref- uh, well refresh. since the New York Times Britney Spears documentary, it's it's gotten a lot back right in, yeah. in into just people talking about it and how we treated basically how we how the celebrities were treated by the press mm-hmm. around this time right in, both, in the couple of years and the public before, eye and, yeah how they also I mean I know we all I mean she they they all became punchlines but I think it's one of those things as you grow older or you at least mature a little bit you look back and wow. What was the point of making? Like, it's one thing to dish on someone like Ben Shapiro because he's a piece of shit, and he asks for it because he he knows that's his job. But like Britney Spears or Lindsay Lohan being drunk in public and acting wild, like, I mean, it's definitely like we should be giving them assistance and giving them help, not making them punchlines. Yeah. But, well, I mean, yeah, just popper. I mean, paparazzi plus early internet gossip <clears throat> blog culture was just much more vicious and right. allowed to be i mean I, when i think of that around that time like the whole like press hilton mm-hmm. i mean like just like bit like nasty i feel like obviously there's still plenty of like celebrity gossip coverage TMZ but i feel like yeah that. and tmz and even tmz is still around but i feel like it's not as just vicious like you know getting access at all costs like i mm-hmm. obviously paparazzi still exist but it's it's I don't know. It just seems like either it's been scaled back or like the big media outlets like didn't, I don't know, took more responsibility around those sorts of things to not allow it to be mm-hmm. as just sort of like. Well, I think just general vulgar really is how it's going to be. Yeah. Like, I mean, partially, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I actually would say that it's fallen off also too because now celebrities can give easy direct access to their fans through social media. Right. And in 2012, I mean, obviously like Facebook existed, Twitter existed because they referenced in this episode, but Mm -hmm. there was, it's just not the same level now where, you know, obviously like getting coverage in a tabloid or even a, even a big magazine, you know, quote unquote prestigious magazine or whatever was how fans got a lot of information. Now, when you can tweet directly to your fans, right. you don't need to call the paparazzi to stage a photo shoot right. or plan a story or or I mean or even not even be not even like up with the paparazzi, just rely on paparazzi photos as you're out and about to get coverage and headlines. Was Lindley Lohan the one like in the last couple of years where she was in some country and thought like she was trying to save some people from being kidnapped. Yeah, like she was, thought that was what she was that doing. That was she a very was strange. Hero. Yeah, it was. Uh, she was filming a music video or something. I don't. So I don't she had. Remember. I don't know. She had some show where it's like she was in Greece and like running. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was in Greece or was it like somebody was thinking about something to do with Egypt. So I don't know if it was like an Egyptian family or she was in Egypt around the time she was filming that. I, I can't remember all the details, but yes, it was a very strange. I mean, she. I mean, she apparently lives like in the UAE now, or like in Dubai, maybe, or something. Or at least she did as of like pre-COVID. So I, I don't know. Like, there's still. I mean, she's. I guess disappeared herself from a large part from the public eye. Mm-hmm. But it's like when she does pop up, it's like always in like I don't know, just like strange ways. So I mean, I hope mm-hmm. that she's in a settled and like whatever place. But it's. I, I, mm-hmm. I mean. I think there's a lot. I, I think there's just a lot going on that we don't know, and I mean, don't need to know about. Yeah, I guess, but that's, yeah, that's it's yeah. 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 I feel like yeah. I mean, of course, Britney now isn't there's the story now about the conservatorship with her father and mm-hmm. the whole free Britney movement. Although, like the interesting thing about the documentary was like even more so like how some obsessive like some of her fans are. Like they're working towards, I guess, like a. I mean, I guess that they're coming from a place of we want Britney to live happily, but like some of them are like 
it's obsessive to a degree that is also creepy in its own way. So it's yeah. like there's a lot of I think the documentary didn't expl- didn't really explore necessarily the creepiness they treated fans more <laughs> like as a primary source and a primary source mm-hmm. of like we're trying to free Britney obviously that but not necessarily critically examining it because I think there's like you know I mean she's under conservatorship for a reason and like maybe her father isn't the right you know person for that so like, I don't know I mean I don't know all the ins and outs of it but um I don't know it's a complex situation but I, you know that just free I mean it also seems that obviously like she could not handle fame in a way that seriously affected her mental health mm-hmm. and her having full control over her own finances and everything may not be the easiest or may, you know most beneficial solution for her life either so anyway we don't need to right start yeah. talking, talking about Brittany but I mean I it's, 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 it's on topic for this so I'm yeah. going to talk about it a little bit I mean it's ultimately like none of that is our business and the fact that it's public knowledge is kind of too much for us but it's also it's out there so like it is free to discuss but uh, I personally couldn't care about any of it. Like, as long as these people are mentally sound and healthy and they're not hurting anybody, if they want to go out and do whatever, that's on them. That's not really any of my concern or my business. So it's just like, all right, you yeah. do you, I guess. As long as you haven't hurt anybody, hurt yourself, or caused any damage, I don't see the problem. But I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to think about like watching this, like if Thirty Rock existed now and tried to do a storyline like this now, would it like? And I think they could because they don't really do anything too offensive. I mean, no. they, they do a lot of parodying of events that actually happened or mm-hmm. like strong references to events that actually happened. Like, I don't think they would do something like that, because, not but not because of like fearing backlash or like whatever reason, just because it's it's not. I don't know, like prominent. Yeah, the, the the specific events they're referencing, like there are, the events like they're referencing, there aren't many examples of those recently, so it's more like they couldn't do it because. It's just doesn't work as a relatively recent concept, but not out of offensiveness. I would right. Say. It just it's not as topical. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, at the Couch Town Factory, uh, this I guess this is the first time Jack's beating this. Part. I mean, Jack Jack full on drops the ball with the Couch Town couches, uh, but he sees uh, the what the production line has produced uh, regarding his Cable Town Couch Town couches. Hi, I'm Stuart Durr. I'm the chief engineer here at Couchtown. Do you know the history of this building, Stuart? During World War II, the Bazooka Joe Corporation used a softer version of their gum to make armor-piercing bullets here. Years later, the government took it over. They turned it into a training facility for single mothers to teach illegal immigrants how to fill out unemployment forms. But then we took it back. Ah, good morning, fellow patriots. Keep voting Republican. We've got your back. Now, let me have a look at this marvel of American industry. Good God! This doesn't look like the prototype. Looks more like the prototype than most things in this world. How could this happen? The one in my office was perfect. Well, we didn't make the prototype. We bought it at West Elm. Besides you, whom do I fire for this? I don't know, you? I mean, you're the one who insisted on hiring American engineers. All they teach us now is how to build roller coasters and survivor challenges. This is what we've been making for the past month? We have 10,000 of these? I wouldn't know. I'm not a math guy, really. This is only a setback. I just have to create a market for terrible couches. Besides, what did Theodore Bazooka Joe do when his eccentric millionaire father left him nothing but a tiny pink rock quarry? He baked those rocks and sold them to children as gum. 
it's it's always funny how Jack never takes a hit to his ego where he did that whole thing about rich white guys are saving the country and now that it's like his pet project has like come like come out to be a disaster he's, he's not like oh god like I'm not as good as I thought I was it's oh wait how can I how right. can I pivot to market these yeah, to make has. it into a success yeah. which I guess in a way is very American yeah. of him but <laughs> I was just those lines he has at the beginning of like uh, hello fellow patriots keep voting Republican we have like it's just so weird like who who are you saying that for? Like, there's no cameras. Like, what a weird way to interact with your employees. Because America, they're bringing the gerbs back to America. I, I guess. But, I mean, ah. Uh... Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the furniture manufacturing industry was certainly one of the hardest hit by globalism. And now, obviously, a ton of furniture is made overseas. Mm-hmm. And that's why, mm-hmm. like... I mean, yeah, that there's you know furniture made in America, so obviously, but it tends to be like more expensive for. And I mean, I, I mean, a lot of high quality stuff. Like, I, like I said, like the, the jokes here, obviously, is that they mass produce that. Like, it's crap. <laughs> like, there's, I guess, there is still a market for like super high end, yeah. like custom made American furniture, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not as much as it was in its heyday, which is what this, yeah, plays into the whole like Republican. But Republican, we got your back. We're bringing the right. manufacturing jobs back thing. That was a big thing, right? In that time, but I mean, in the end, if that company ten years later could realize they could still make the same product for much less by outsourcing it, they would do that in a heartbeat and immediately cut those jobs that they fought so yeah. hard to say that they produce. If yeah. they can save a million to a billion dollars, they're absolutely going to do it. So yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, there's. I mean, there. Buying American, I mean, is a is a strong marketing point. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, they're, I mean, I actually, I mean, the industry I work in, which is adjacent to the furniture industry, um, you know, they, I mean, people really like buy American is like a big, big marketing point that people like to see. And I mean, there are a lot of like things like fabrics and and again adjacent to furniture things that buy that you know there is a lot of still manufacturing in America. But um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but I mean, also for like the last thirty years, the joke of "Buy American" is a punchline because usually. Oh yeah, it's been made into a parody for sure, as we'll see. It's hastily made and yeah. things like that, so it's just like, obviously, it's not indicative of all of American produced things. But uh, there's a Simpsons joke where Marge is buying like a pot or a pan or something. And she's like, oh, and then she looks at it and like, made in America. She's like, oh, no, thank you. Like, it's just a pan. Like, what is it? The pan is going to, like, burn through it after one use and things like that. But it's just like, and that was in the 90s. I mean, that joke's persisted for multiple decades. But anyway. Uh, but Bob, Bobby Moynihan. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's Steve Durr. <laughs> what a weird day for a character. But it's on brand once you realize that. He's an American college student, uh, apparently an engineer, and they don't teach them math anymore. No. <laughs> That's such a great joke. Nope. Just how to build roller coasters in Survivor, Survivor Challenges. challenges. Yeah. No, I love Bobby Moynihan. I think he was on SNL. He would have been on SNL at this time. I think he would have been... He should have been main cast by this time, but if not, he was definitely like one of the... the, the star players or whatever they called the... Yeah. Featured featured players is what they're called, um, but yeah, no, he's he got his start with um, uh, Donald Glover's group. Uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on the name right now. Good. Derek Comedy um, on uh, YouTube. They were like a college skit group, sketch group. Um, he got his start there. Um, 
and then eventually made to SNL, and he's had a few shows he's been the main star of. I think the uh, the first one that he had that sort of kind of fizzled after that two seasons was Chosen, which was created by the same people that did Frisky Dingo and Archer. It was like after Archer had like a couple of good seasons, they had a second, not a spinoff, but they had a second show that they produced called Chosen, which he was like a he was like a gay rapper just out of jail. Like it was a very this weird, was an animated show. This was an animated okay, show. very much on the same <laughs> yeah. style. Of okay, Archer. okay. Um, I, I must have, I never heard yeah, that. Yeah, it did come and went. Like, it, oh, okay. it only lasted maybe one season, maybe one and a half seasons. Like, it didn't do well. But uh, but he had a new season on NBC. He had a new show on NBC just last season, I think. I don't know how well it did. I heard he well, was, he's on Mr. Mayor now, so. Yeah, but I feel like there was another show he was a part of. Well, so I'm saying, but that show yeah, but Mr. <laughs> Mayor definitely is, didn't do yeah, well. And he's doing, he's doing great. Uh, yeah, he's, he, he's my favorite part of Mr. Mayor just because he's playing, like, essentially he's playing Steve Durr on that show but a little bit more savvy and a little bit more intelligent but um no i like Bobby. he was one of my favorite people on snl for i think he was on there for like seven eight years he was on there for a while uh, but he just has like a, he's got a good comedic timing and he's like able to play the chubby friend or the chubby guy but still have like great he, comedic timing he did a voice on ducktales oh yeah he's one of the main i think he plays Oh, don't tell me. He plays Louie. You are correct. Yeah. So I'm looking at the past few years to see if there's any other stands out. I'm seeing a lot of. I'm seeing a ton of animated stuff. Yeah, I'm not seeing. He's got a good voice. I, I guess I got him mixed up with someone else. I thought he was like because it was like three dads or something, and he was one of the dads. And I thought Taron Killam was in it. I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking of. Oh, uh, you single, single parents. Single I don't think parents he was in or that, something. Oh, Taron. I mean, that that was a show with multiple parents that Taron Killen was recently on, but I don't think Bobby Moynihan was on that. Mm-hmm. I, I only watched like half the first season, but. Oh man, he's also got one of my favorite bits on Comedy Bang Bang where he plays Fourville. That's one one less than Fiveville. Oh god, it's this super super like rough homeless I don't want to say kid because he's like this big they superimpose him to make them like this little I guess the size of a mouse but he's just like you think he's going to be super cute and like nice because he's a small little homeless kid but he's like rough he's like I'm going to cut you it's so good his bit is so good I don't know what I was thinking of with that other TV show but anyway yeah there's that chosen um no, he's he's great. Um, he's just he's got such a fun laugh too. We'll hear it later on in this episode. But yeah, I like Bobby Moynihan. He's good times. Meanwhile, Jenna goes to Tracy to get some input, and not in the way you're thinking. Tracy, I need your input. I cannot give it to you. I'm a married man, but more importantly, I find you very unattractive. No, I need your advice. I'm having a celebrity breakdown. I've been there, J Mo. What's the matter? Partying too hard with Christian Slater? Furious about NAFTA? Y2K panic? My heyday was the 90s. No, Tracy, I'm faking it to get Paul to come back and take care of me. Fake breakdown. Interesting. I thought next I'd go nuts on the Today Show, really blow it out. Jenna! Did Hamlet start the play by stabbing people? No, he started by being boring and ruining my anniversary because Angie wanted to take advantage of all the great theater in New York. Okay, I get it. You have to build to the big breakdown, like in a CNC Music Factory song. 
My heyday was also the 90s. So what have you done so far? Well, I've acted crazy at work. And I think this blind item in the post is about me. What teenage A-lister? Get serious! We have work to do. Jenna is delirious if she thinks she's still talked about as a teenage A-lister. I like that Tracy didn't even entertain her nonsense. He just said, he told her to get serious and get to handle it. He's been very brutally honest. I mean, she asked for his input and he says, no, I'm married, but also I find you incredibly unattractive. (laughs) He's not holding back. Uh, Entourage isn't in this episode either. Oh, you're right, yeah. Hmm. Oh, poor Grizzin.com. Well, apparently they they live a more fascinating life off screen. That's true. They're they're doing a lot of fun things. Productive. Yeah. Time. So while Liz and Chris are getting ready to watch three episodes of Mythbusters, uh, she gets an email. Um, That's not the only thing they're going to be busting. That's what she said. Busting makes you feel good. Um, what the fuck? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, she gets an email from the gentleman that he that jack was trying to set her up with and they they decide that they should take him up on the offer just to get essentially to get a good laugh out of it just so they can let jack have his way but also get it out of the way because you know jack's just going to be persistent uh, meanwhile we get our second stacy keach cameo when did we get so soft you know what this country used to sit on logs girders poles being comfortable that's not what America's all about. Couch down. Sit down or get out of the way. I find that so hilarious. He's just contrasting. He's like, the first one is basically like, buy couches. Like, couches right. are wonderful. You sit down on the couch after a long day to relax, yada, yada. This one is like, couches aren't supposed to be comfortable, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Just just sit on just it. Sit Don't worry about shut it. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so, it's so already against the grain of what you were trying to do. And him spitting in the camera. It's just like an extra fuck you. Yeah. It was like, does that aggressive marketing really work? Well, so I say, like, it, I think it's this, that's why it's savvy because it's like, it's funny how like people are so susceptible because like you know what I mean. So cause people are so on like the bot, you know, on like the the more jingoistic side of the buy American thing is like you have to support, you know, support America, blah 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 blah. Right. And it's like people just buy it, and it's like based on how like this big company decides to market is how they would take it like you know what i mean like if they marketed it in the first commercial like people just like oh this couch is comfortable but now because they're doing it this way people are like yeah that's right yeah, I'm, I'm tough i don't need to see you know what i mean right. so it's just like it just shows like how like malleable people's opinions and tastes and whatever can be to just how things are presented to them because right. it's like you know what i mean like the, 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 the second commercial would definitely appeal to a certain demographic they would and wear it, a certain red hat yeah and it's just like and, and they wouldn't necess- well i mean maybe not i mean yeah yes but <laughs> yes never mind yeah, yeah. but um but no, you're absolutely right. But it's like, but if the, the commercial in the first one, it wouldn't necessarily have the same thing, but it's like, just because, you know what I mean? It's, it's sort of like the same thing where I'm like, oh, let's all boycott and throw our, you know, coffee yeah. makers out the window now to show them or whatever. Right. It's like, just by being shown a certain message, you're more so like, yeah, like that, yeah, that that's what I'm like. That, I mean, I realize that's marketing in like a sense, like that's the whole point is, but still it's just like the whole juxt, the close, the close like juxtaposition of like those two different tones. And it's just like. I don't know. Yeah. That's why it was just like extra funny. Because you would think that you would just completely change the marketing where you drop the previous actor, you drop the previous campaign and you do something completely different. But no, like they kept the same actor. They kept the same 
presentation. They just changed it up and made it made it more aggressive and like basically calling you a pussy. Right, exactly. If you don't, if you don't support it, which is just ah, oh, that's just so absurd to me. But obviously, it works. So, and it's worked for a really long time. So there's no changing it. But anyway, yikes. Uh, but Liz is feeling the pain from the uh, the new couches. Oh, 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 help! I can't move. Tell me, can you even look at the television? I can see the floor. I can see the veins behind my eyes. Oh, I can see pain. Come. My whole body's asleep. Oh, that's a bad couch, Jack. It is unfortunate. The design forces the sitter into what Israeli military interrogators call a stress position. Oh. It cuts off circulation to the legs while simultaneously spreading out the rib cage, making it difficult to breathe while the body begs for oxygenated blood. It comes in espresso, dandelion, putty, and as you see here, lagoon. So you're going to just try to sell discomfort? I don't have a choice. If I blow this, Hank Hooper will never give me another shot. I'll spend the rest of my career behind this desk trying to lure Alf back to television. Okay, Jack, well, I'm gonna go meet your buddy Kevin now. Yes, he mentioned you were getting together. And you certainly are dressed to impress. You look like a substitute teacher who just got her one-year AA chip. Uh-huh. I'm just doing this as a formality, Jack. Lemon, I know you don't trust me, but keep an open mind. I'll do my best, but I watched, like, three Mythbusters last night, so I'm pretty exhausted, if you know what I mean. I guess the idea of, not to spend too much more time on but the idea of like aggressive marketing is kind of the juxtaposition of like, let's say something like art, right? Where it's so avant-garde and you don't understand it, but because you don't understand it, or some people say they don't understand, or they, they get it, but because to, to, to others it would look like nonsense but you still pay an exorbitant amount of price to say that you own it because you're a select group of people that uh, that uh, that gets it and feels that it deserves some sort of price and it deserves some sort of uh i don't know like a, a presentation to it and that's that's kind of because like when she's saying like you're trying to solve discomfort he's like that's what i have to do like that's when it clicked in my mind well it's similar like like, well, you might look at, like, um, new age art, you know, that's, like, three dots on a canvas. And someone looks at it and goes, oh, my God, that's amazing. But I might look at it and be like, that's nothing. Like, I mean, I mean, as cliche as this, like, I could do that. But, it, you know, it goes uh, to Sotheby's and makes millions of dollars just because it either has a name attached to it or it's just been talked up so much that it becomes this priceless work of art. And so, like, I guess it's kind of the same idea of, like, instead of being super aggressive, where you treat it as this mm-hmm. priceless thing that all of a sudden it becomes worth, it has value kind of thing. Right, yeah. Well, if I'm following you, right. I mean, right. The, that Super America thing is one way of, like, sort of marketing same, to a feeling. Yeah. But, like, right, I guess, like, over, I mean, right, some people buy art just because they have lots of money and want to signal, hey, I have lots of money right. so I can display this expensive art in my home without actually caring about it itself right. and right so they would respond to i mean i feel like there are people who view art is like i you know i see a piece of art like how you know it makes me feel a certain way right and they genuinely form an opinion or connect with a piece of art and i mean there's difference of opinion there that you know it's just how you interpret something right but yeah i think yeah but i think what you're talking about is people who in the same way are just like 
if they it, 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 like if they saw something they didn't understand, like they would think about how that makes them think about it or how they feel about it. They're like, oh, I don't understand that. That must mean it's brilliant. Exactly. So, right. So that's a different sort of thing, but it's the same or a different sort of thing in that it's right. It's a different uh, marketing tool. Or, yeah, yeah, but it's 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 a similar just just like with I a different like demographic. It, otherwise, people will think yeah. I'm stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I missed the Alf comment there oh. the first time around, which is actually hilarious because, I mean, I guess, I mean, that seems like a super prescient comment now because, like, with all the reboots that have happened mm-hmm. the past five years, it's like, that's what basically no repressive have done, sit around waiting to lure yeah. Murphy Brown or Will and Grace or yeah. Roseanne, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Roseanne's, like, the most successful reboot thus far, right? It has. It's kind of starting to... Well, technically, I guess it's... Rose it's the Connors now. Yeah, they it's the Connors now. I mean, even it's the same. even in his first season or two, it was the Connors. It was still successful. Now it's starting to wane. Mm-hmm. But like, there was this big ratings boom last spring in the beginnings of the COVID lockdowns. That, but since then, it's like really. I mean, not even gone back to normal. I'd say gone lower than normal for a lot of shows. So right. even that show is like not. Uh, I don't know, hitting out the park. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, I'm curious why Alf. Has, I mean, I guess it's 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 existed in some form or another, but yeah, it is one of those like I feel like because it's not a Muppet property, it's not a Henson thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I just don't like puppets are popular anymore. Like the Muppets have been struggling the last two decades to be relevant. They had one really good movie that sort of helped bring them back to life, and then they had a follow up, which unfortunately had Tina Fey in it. Um, unfortunately well unfortunately because I mean like she's attached to it and it kind of did do well and it wasn't great and it seems like they they, every now and again the Muppets will do something super strong and they'll nail it and then their follow up is just subpar and they just can't capture that same magic again and it's such a shame because I want the Muppets to be loved everyone loves Muppets (laughs) the Muppets are awesome they should just always be around they should always be they should always and i know sesame street is essentially jim henson muppets but it's just i can't watch something that will show pop up on disney plus one of these days that well they got all the muppets attraction. the muppet shows on there yeah um i think the beginning of this year they they put it up but I mean, well also they had that muppet that's like six episodes that's six episode show but yeah. no one talked about it <laughs> oh my so, god do you remember that abc reboot of yeah. that's another one like that abc that was a, that should have been that fucking was a fire real ride. that should have been a fantastic show you just take the well it was basically make it, no, it was the basically muppets. the muppets do 30 rock but that but the, but i mean it was wrong though because that isn't the muppets audience like you need a family friendly i don't know you need something broader they went too narrow like yeah. 30 rock like the thing is, when 30 Rock is your inspiration, it's obviously like a hilarious show, but it was not a very widely viewed show. So if I you're modeling yourself after the something... Office that, or the Modern Family, because it's yeah. still that mockumentary style. Yeah. They went more Modern Family. Yeah, Modern Family was broader, but for sure. Damn, yeah. man. That show could have been fucking perfect. And they... Oh, God. Man, that's such a shame. Oh, well. Anyway. So Jenna's on the Today Show with Matt Lauer, fuck Matt Lauer, and they do have um, a fun sort of like montage or clip uh, reel of her basically being Kanye, Lindsay, Britney, Paris, like all of those um, very breakout slash breakdown moments of celebrities that happened around that time. Like the Kanye one was like 2009? That sounds right. So even that the was Taylor like, Swift thing, yeah. yeah, it was kind of 
old at that point, but like they do put a fun spin on it that she crashes a spelling bee. Like, what are you doing there? All I right. mean, to be fair, that would definitely go viral if some random oh, person absolutely. crashed a spelling bee to yeah. to to make fun of the <laughs> yes, yeah. the winner. Yeah. yeah, and then well, and then quickly like because the interview was a very specific Lindsay Lohan reference to because like and then the Matt Lauer interview is a very specific Lindsay Lohan reference to her Letterman interview where he kept trying to asking her he kept trying to ask her about like basically like the things that Matt Lauer says there like oh your life is a mess yada yada and she's like I'd like to actually I'd like to focus on my project like that's a clip that actually started circulating recently too after the Britney Spears documentary because people were like Hey, Brittany was wasn't the only one who was like terribly mistreated by media, and I mean, really, I mean, David Letterman was being pretty inappropriate because, like, she, you know, I mean, yes, like that was a volatile time of her life. It was like she was there to promote a movie, and he didn't ask her any questions about it. So, like, she, I mean, literally said that line. Actually, I'd like to focus on my project. But don't they usually? clear the questions that they're going to ask their guests so did he just I like mean, i guess he must have sprung that on her and then like, i think yeah publicists work with interviewers but i mean it's david letterman so he true. is not necessarily beholden you know what i mean like okay so Lindsay lohan says she's never going to come back on his show like he's not going to lose he doesn't need her more than she viewers so it, yeah. i mean it kind of sucks and i think i don't know if he's ever directly addressed it i feel like he's made more of an effort in recent times to atone for if not that specific interview, like times interviews or you know ways that he did behave that weren't yeah. like great. But is his Netflix show still go? I think so. They like drop random batch episodes yeah. and just like randomly. So I, I I don't know if it's like yeah still running or not, but um, it probably is. Yeah, I assume it. It's yeah. It does seem like maybe every beginning of the year is when new episodes might drop. I could be wrong. Either around the holidays, maybe. Yeah, seems like I mean, COVID probably interrupted it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Meanwhile, back on the, I want to say TGS stage because that seems where everything's happening. Uh, Jack is giving his presentation for the Cable Town Couchtown Couches. Right this way, folks. Mr. Donaghy will be with you in just a moment. I'm so sorry. Where I'm from, Uncle Sam's mouth is sewn up, and then he's set on fire. So I don't know how he talks. Greetings, gentlemen and female eunuchs of the furniture industry. I give you a new couch for a new era, designed and manufactured in America. It's a simple couch. Who oh, could cut my leg? I can hack it. Pain is in the mind. Oh, sweet heaven. It's like I'm full of lightning. Jack, it's Ethan Allen. Are you all right? What do you want to know? I'll tell you anything to make it stop. You want secrets? I'll give you secrets. This couch is a failure. I hate golf. One time in college, I smoked a clove cigarette. I keep buying candles as gifts and keeping them for myself. My natural hair color is bright red. Ah! Amateur hour. Oh. Oh. Good luck finding someone stupid enough to buy those couches, Donaghy. Everybody locate your buddy and let's make our way to the subway. I'm sorry, sir. If I could buy your couches, I would. You know, that's exactly what you'll do. Okay, and will you accept dancing as money? Kenneth, drag me to my office. Ah! So there's a really funny sight tag in that scene where he he does make the reference at the beginning of the show to Ashley Furniture, but it's like you find out that the 
furniture representatives are named Jennifer Convertibles and Ethan Allen. Basically, like those are the actual furniture company names, but like those are the name tags on like the right. names. Like those are the people's names too. Yeah. And like like I said at the beginning, like they're portrayed like almost like very like circusy and just. I mean, very, sideshow. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to say freak show because that's not a very PC term anymore, but like sideshows. and Yeah, they're, they're portrayed just like really just like yeah. goofy, strange people. Yeah, like the Ethan Allen character, who's the one with the lines in that scene besides Jack and Kenneth, is like dressed in like uh, revolutionary war garb for yeah. some reason. And then, yeah, the Ashley twins are conjoined twins. And then the jennifer convertibles he addresses her as a a female eunuch or something like that yeah like it's just like yeah they're they're trotted out as like performers essentially but the the it is a super funny line of all right everyone find your buddy and hold hands and we get back to supper like that's so like that's what you say to a child on a field trip you don't say that as adults is there some like stereotype about like furniture people that I'm just not aware of or something because it's just like <laughs> it seems like a very specific joke yeah that, pers- that is I don't know that does seem like yeah it's, it's aimed at someone uh, meanwhile uh, Liz meets up her meets up with her date at the coffee shop I don't know maybe because I'm a season ticket holder hi you must be Kevin no, no, let me fin- let me finish. Are you? He's my dad. It's take your daughter to work day, which I object to on feminist grounds. It's patronizing, like girls don't know what jobs are. I'm Liz, by the way. I'm Catherine, but everyone calls me Cat, although I'm trying to get people at school to call me Scout, like in To Kill a Mockingbird. I love that book. I had my first crush on a shop teacher who looked just like Boo Radley. Yeah, Scout's not getting much traction, though. Well, it's hard to force a nickname. I tried to get my high school tennis team to call me Ace, but they wanted to call me Shorts Accident. So we settled on Super Virgin. Okay, so I might not get Scout, but I can negotiate up from Puked and Thermos. Well, then let me ask you this. Would Jeremy Lin be willing to videotape a message for my buddy's bachelor party? Sorry, she's with me. It's... Take your daughter to work day and Cable Town's really into all this family shiz. So what have you learned today? That people who talk the most in meetings often know the least. She sat in two meetings with me. I crushed it. So what's your deal? You ski? I don't. You know if I'm going to fall down a hill and die? I want to do it for free. B. Ryan, what is up, Slick? Do you think I could pull off a haircut like Scout had in the movie? I've been there, Kat, and you should know that people are going to assume that I'm you're... a lesbian. I know. I just needed to hear it. <laughs> So tell us about the, I guess you'd say guest star, but well, probably I mean, time yeah. being a guest star. Like, she's no yeah. Chloe Grace. I mean, he, I would say, even now, I mean, I don't think she's particularly famous. It's just it's just funny because looking at her IMDb, she's been in three, like, shows since then. I've, like, just watched mm-hmm. them all. So the first, and so, right, so the first one was The New Normal. the actress's name? Yes. Mm-hmm. So her name is B.B. Wood, and she's been in, a, like, a few shows since, basically since episode, and I just happened to have seen them all. So the first one was The New Normal, which was the Ryan Murphy show on NBC that lasted one season that had Andrew Rannells um, and Ellen Barkin. Basically, Ellen Barkin played like a, I mean, very Ryan Murphy character, which is like this like like middle-aged white woman who basically just says all sorts of just like racist and ridiculous and homophobic. And, anyway, but so B.B. Wood played the daughter of the couple. I can't remember. Maybe it was like what Justin Barth, I think, played Andrew Rannells' husband and like she was the daughter of one of them anyway she was the kid in that show 
Then a few years later, she was in The Real O'Neills, which was a show on ABC uh, with starring Martha Plimpton and I forget the kid actor name, but basically about a, a, a teenage boy who was coming out mm-hmm. and she played the younger sister. Mm-hmm. And most recently, she's currently in Love, Victor, the spinoff oh. of Love, the TV show spinoff of Love, Simon, mm-hmm. about a, a gay teenager coming out in his high school. And she mm-hmm. plays, in this one, she's not a family member. She plays... A friend who has a crush. I can't remember. Anyway, she's friends with them in some way. I don't want to say typecast. So I say it's really funny because <laughs> those are the three shows, three sitcoms she's been in since Thirty Rock right. in the past whatever years. Like I happen to watch all three of them, and it, they're all like, yeah, like <laughs> gay interest shows basically. Right. So the Real O'Neills was okay. I don't think I made it through the first season. It was only like two seasons, season and a half or something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that many. It didn't last that yeah, long. Yeah, I got canceled after the second season. It was fine. I mean, it was a, it was kind of a charming coming-of-age story. Like, I feel like it was different than most sitcoms would approach that subject matter. Um, yeah, also... Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of... It was also kind of corny. So it was kind of it corny. sort of was. I mean, it was kind of groundbreaking for, like, being, like, a network sitcom, I guess, mm-hmm. just because it's a subject matter. But, like, also, like, the, the main actor gave, like... Infamous, they gave like a very too honest interview to like Vulture or some online outlet where I can't remember, but basically, like, I, I don't know, we don't need to get into controversy, but anyway, no, I just thought it was funny mm-hmm. because I didn't, obviously, I didn't remember she, she was in this, and I was like, wait a second, and then I was like, wait a second, all three shows that I've seen her in are all gay shows, right? And she killed it, I think yeah, she does no, a fantastic she's really job in this, yeah. especially this episode, but I mean, even everything else I've seen her in, which isn't much. But I mean, she's still a young, growing actress. So yeah, I mean, she's only I mean, She does so. such a great job in this episode that I'm like, man, can they just adopt her? Like, take her <laughs> out of this family and add them to yours. Like, this is you need this. This is a young Liz. Speaking of more BB. So what do you want to be when you grow up? Either the Wicked Queen in Disney on Ice, or the third woman president. Well played. I am giving you gum for that. Uh, where is he? Where's Kev? Game Go. What are you doing? Wait, game Go is not a phrase. I don't know. I just got really wound up at the thought of you getting checked out by some creep. And he's in trouble, too, because I watched some boxer-sized videos on demand before coming down here. Hi, I'm Chris. This is Kat. This is Kevin's daughter. She's awesome, unlike Kevin, who is wearing a rope bracelet. And I did not give it to him. People assume I gave it to him, but I'm like, you're not pinning that on me. I can't believe you really came down here to try to fight my date. That doesn't happen to me since senior prom when Rob Sussman tried to fight Richard Salato because they had secretly broken up with each other the night before. Why are you so out of breath? Because I ran all the way down here. Why didn't you just take the subway? Because that's not romantic. Watch a movie, Liz. I wish my boyfriend did stuff like this, but I feel the passion is gone since he left for college. I'm totally messing with you. Guys, I'm 11. Oh, thank God. That is not funny, young lady. It's a little funny. Do you remember the Rob Sussman reference? No, tell me. Do you remember the uh, the school reunion? Yes. The guy that had, he and his lovely wife owned three dogs. Oh yes, yes, yes! I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Good callback. Yeah, no, it's, it's 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 similar to the uh, the callback of last episode of uh, Lynn Mandrell of like it's four seasons. Lynn Mandrell. We're matching up Lin Manuel Miranda. No, no, uh, well, Billy Baldwin. Yeah, no, I. I, Lin Manuel. Lin Manuel -Manuel Miranda. No, it was you're you're close, but I can't remember it. But I'm gonna look it up right now. Uh, Oh my god, Google. 
Lance Drake Mandrell. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Lynn Mandrell. Lynn Mandrell. Ah, uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, like in that in that particular, if they'd made that reference a couple seasons apart, it would be lost. So I mean, yeah, this is one of those examples of like, it's been a few seasons. I don't know if anyone remembers the name Rob Sussman. But yeah, I did. But I've, Good also, job. I've also watched this show a lot. So anyway. Uh, while Jenna's still in the hospital, uh, we're starting to wrap up the storylines. Uh, she gets a fun surprise in her nurse. I'm sorry, J-Mo. I called the front desk, but there's no one else down there. Paul didn't come. I guess I faked this stupid breakdown for nothing. Jenna, I've been thinking. Why? You're famous. I know, but I don't think you were faking anything here. Baroni, you jumped through a window. You made out with Paz de la Huerta at a children's museum. You tried to dine at Balthazar without a reservation. And you did all that to get some guy's attention. That's crazy. That's a breakdown. I think I've made the biggest mistake of my life. I've never made a mistake, so I don't totally understand. But I'm here for you, Jane. Of all the crazy things I did, you know what the craziest was? Letting Paul go. I was scared to be happy. Now I never will be. I'll take this regret to my grave. You mean our grave? (gasps) Where we'll lie on top of each other in one coffin, pelvis to face, for eternity. You were here the whole time, taking care of me. I was afraid too, Jenna. I had to be sure that you wanted the same thing that I did. And now I know. You Tracy, if you'll excuse us. No, Paul, if it wasn't for Tracy, we wouldn't be here right now. He can stay. No, I'm cool. I'm going to leave. So I guess Jenna's plan worked all along of getting Paul's attention. So all that hard work pays off. And Tracy focusing her on the goal. Yeah. So good job, Tracy. Now he has to focus on something else because they're about to do sex on each other in front of him. Yuck. Yeah. And you know it's nasty sex. They didn't even have to watch Mythbusters first. No, they don't need any Mythbusters to get them started. Uh, meanwhile, at the Couch Town Couches factory, Jack has solved his problem. Lemon, how did your date go? It was amazing, but not in the way that you would expect. Cat's a great kid, isn't she? You really thought I'd set you up with Kevin? I've been trying to fire him ever since he invited me out on the Halloween party bus, but his daughter's terrific. So you set me up on a play date? I thought Kat would remind you why you purchased the uh, Princess Leia costume in the first place. Don't give it away just yet. That's very nice of you, Jack, but you need to learn that some women choose to be childless and are content with that. This is not a choice. You're being so transvaginal right now. The past few days have only confirmed my fear that we're running out of good Americans. So honestly, your country needs a few more of those lemons. Okay, so this has nothing to do with Chris? I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you join the big sisters and torture inner-city girls about punctuation. Any amount of lemon is better than the crap we're turning out lately. Squeeze me, Mr. D. Couches are ready to ship. In trucks? (laughs) Ship in trucks. What? (laughs) Wait, you sold them? To whom? I just had to find a buyer who has too much money and loves to waste it. So every defective sofa the Couch Town makes will be purchased by your beloved tax and spend government. What are they going to do with them? Sink them and make a reef to protect gay turtles. I don't know, Lemon, and I don't care. Mr. Wang, we know you were spying for North Korean intelligence. Give me something I can take back to Langley. Then we'll get you out of the couch and send you home with a CIA gift bag. Donna, Avery Jessup, Teddy Olsen, sir. 
I totally blew off that week of Korean we did. Let's get the translator. That's also setting up another plot point that if you don't speak Korean, he says, I know how to get deep Gavery Jessup. Gavery? Gavery? I know how to get Avery Jessup. Avery Jessup's gay brother, Gavery. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but I mean, I think kind of the irony of Jack's storyline is he pitches the very beginning of his episode of like, we won't be saving with Bell out, but obviously that's what's happened is they've been bought out and bailed out by the American government. So, hmm, hypocritical a little bit, I think. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. More than a little bit, but <laughs> a lot of it. It's it's in the long run. It's helping him even more than he knows. That is true. It does. Yeah, it's going to be a benefit. So the him. government is bailing him out in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the last we see of Bobby Moynihan's character. But uh, his delivery of what of of ship in trucks one. <laughs> There's just something that's such a great. Oh, I love him so much. I want him to be a good career and do I want him very. I, I want him to do very well. So. I wish him nothing but the best. Anyway, we get the finale of Liz's story. Short little scene. I think maybe I, I think still want to be a mom. Having a kid. Okay, we're on the same page. I think we've talked about it enough. Maybe just put a pin in that and have some fun. I'll open a puzzle. I'll make a stew. <sighs> Plot development. This is gonna be a mommy. Yippee! I guess we'll have to find out and see. We'll see. We don't know. It's not that easy. Murphy Brown lied to us, but we survived. Uh, Final thoughts before we say adieu. If Murphy Brown hadn't lied to us, would we have gotten this episode? No. So that's a good thing. Lying is good. (laughs) That's the takeaway. Lying is good, and lying is beneficial for everyone. So thank you, Murphy Brown. Thank you, Candace Bergen. And creators of that show. Now, I think this is, um, this is again, we said it already, but it's a solid episode, and it's one of those that is kickstarting to the finale. It's kickstarting plot development for more and more characters. So, um, yeah, I think this is this is sort of the turning point. Of like, all right, we're, we're leading to the finale of this season as well as we're going to have to start building to our series finale. So, I think the puzzle pieces are being put into place. I guess we'll see. Any other thoughts before we say adieu? Let's say adieu. All right. Well, uh, our final, our, our credit scene is one final ad from Stacy Keach. Only now this time it's for for Bazooka Joe gum, but it's the same. It's the same mentality as the second Couch Ten ad. It's just don't be a pussy and chew gum. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's still pretty aggressive. Uh, well, as always, thank you for joining us on Go To There. If you like what we're doing, rating, reviewing, and all that fun stuff is going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you. Uh, we get episode 122, season 6, episode 19, entitled Live from Studio 6H. The last of the 30 Rock episodes to be pulled because of blackface. Um, <laughs> when you put it like that well I'm saying I mean, it's the last of the episodes the la- well, yeah, I mean it was a few you were yeah, quite right it's just yeah. when you put it that way it sounds uh, yeah. like 30 Rock has a blackface problem no who could say something like that anyway uh, but we'll be sure to do similar that we did with the last live episode we'll um, 
will offer the differences between each one because similar to how they set it up last time is they changed a little bit. Like most of the storyline beats are in place, but some of the things are a little bit different in each uh, Coast's version. So we'll, we'll be sure to do that. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. David, take us out. See you next time. When did gum get so soft, you sons of bitches? You know what this country used to chew? Tree bark, glass, shotgun shells, the broken swords of our vanquished enemies. That's why I buy Bazooka Joe gum. It's like chewing a mountain that someone shot a freeze ray into. What's wrong with this country, huh? When did we lose our way? Detroit? Life is hard. Shouldn't everything else be harder? Bazooka Joe gum! Squeeze me, Mr. D. Couches are ready to ship. In trucks? <laughs> ship in trucks. What? <laughs>